here with Ben Patterson. Hi, Ben. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Good. So I wanted to start a little bit. Um, first things first, like, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started in the business, and then we're going to kind of talk shit. If- yeah, <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. Very interesting question. Very interesting start. So my whole journey began uh just before 2000, when I was scouted by a modeling company okay, that said... you can't see that at home, but he, he did air quotes. Oh, yeah, I did Why, air quotes. What was that? Um, because I was out walking around in San Diego during a street festival, and somebody from one of these uh, modeling schools was like, hey, have you ever thought about modeling? And honestly, at, the, at that point, I had nothing to do with modeling. I was currently DJing in San Diego. I was working at Guitar Center in okay. Pro Audio. So I was very, like, musically... You know, my trajectory was like, I'm going to be in a band. I'm going to be some sort of something in music. You were being creative. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And so I was like, eh, you know, okay, well, what does it involve? You know, and then, of course, there was some money involved. And then it was uh, a competition that, you know, all these people from around the United States enter and to come into. And I ended up winning. Wait, was it like IMTA? Or- it was IMTA. I went to IMTA. <laughs> <laughs> I went in New York because yeah. I went to Jersey and I, they, yeah, I yeah. heard the same. Th- well, I heard a, like an ad on the radio and uh-huh. I went and then I, I swear. Yeah, yeah. I was an IMTA. I won Male Model of the Year. Expensive, but it honestly, is. you know what? It launched my career mm-hmm. and clearly did something for you as mm-hmm. well. It's, so. it, it's, it's interesting because I remember when I found out about it, of course, I looked it up, but I don't even know. I'm thinking like there wasn't much of an internet, but Joel West. Mine, me neither. It wasn't like a Google and all yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. like there was yellow pages yep. and there, yeah, yeah. Oh, and there was pagers. Hey, Okay. <laughs> but like Joel West, who did like that massive uh, Calvin Klein campaign, won the year before. Okay. So their big pitch was, hey, Joel West won here last year. So I'm like, okay, well, whatever, cool. So I ended up going in and I won. And it was like this big thing for them. But I didn't really kind of, I didn't really get the the gravity of what it could do. But I do remember this guy, Kyle Lauder, who was on. Yeah. He was in Wait, the he- same year with me. But he went through the same program, people, that I went through called okay. Tomorrow Talent. Yeah, Tomorrow Talent. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. How I have remember we known that. each other this long and I've never known that Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So Kyle was in my, I'll say, class. But it was like all these yeah. different people. I remember they said Kyle Lauda from Tomorrow Talent. And so he ended up booking right after that. And I think he was more... Days or something, right? Yeah, and I think he was going toward that and this kind of like... Pre- propelled him into it. So when I won, I was still living in San Diego, but was driving to LA for castings. And then I ended up signing with a very small uh, modeling agency. And then from there got signed to Wilhelmina. Got it. So then it was like model, 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 nothing theatrical at this point. Um, still kind of playing music and figuring that out. And then theatrical I, meaning television film. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing in that, in that, uh, was, that wasn't even on my radar at that point. So you didn't even care about that. I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't, I wasn't. And it wasn't until I saw a really good friend of mine who, uh, to answer one of your talking points later <laughs> that I saw and I was like, he's on the side of a building. We went to high school together. I've known this dude since ninth grade. I'm like, wow, he's in this show. And so, um, fast forward a couple months, I was like, hey, how do I get, you know, how do I go to uh, castings for commercials? And my agent was like, well, just, we have a commercial department, just go and tell them you want to do it. And so I ended up going over, and so I never had to do the whole, like, SAG vouchers thing. I just had a conversation with the agent, and she said, okay, well, we'll submit you for some stuff, and if you book it, we'll tap Hartley, which for people that don't know means that they'll... Yeah, there's two ways, as me as the casting director can tell you, there's two ways to get into the SAG after union. It's either getting three vouchers by doing background work or being Mm -hmm. upgraded on set, 
or being what's called Taft Hartley, which is basically the grandfather system to get into it. Um, it ca- the casting and production community has to pay a fine for you to do it because they they basically the union says well why can't you use a union member that's already in the union well that's because Ben came in and did the best job and we want to grandfather him in and they don't have a problem with it but ultimately they try to make sure that you're taking care of the union first and right. that process is called Taft Hartley and I'll tell you as a casting director it's a bitch is it's, it yes because it's a lot of paperwork okay the, the production gets and and this is I haven't had to do it in a while I used to have to do it when I did a lot of commercials. Mm-hmm. And the product, from what I remember, is the production gets has to gets fined five hundred dollars for the first person, thousand dollars for the next person, and like it increases as okay. you continue to tap Hartley on under the same production banner and right. under the same job, whatever okay. it is. Um, and then it's like a stack of paperwork that the casting person has to fill out. Ooh. So of course we always try to deter from it. Right. But I did it. I enjoyed doing it. I used to do it a lot more for kids uh-huh. because kids are generally aren't automatically in the union. But right. somebody a little bit older, it makes sense. But anyway, yeah. I digress. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't go that route. You went the commercial. Route. Right. So I ended up booking the uh, a Pepsi job with uh, it was Pepsi Austin Powers Britney Spears commercial. Huh. It's Pepsi Twist. It's still on okay, YouTube. Now, but you, now you're dating yourself. Okay. Right. So I mean, hey. Awesome. Some so okay. yeah, so I did that, and I actually it was funny because that was like my the second famous female. I that's my air quotes again. My second female <laughs> superstar that I worked with because the very first one was uh, Tony Braxton for the Heat album. And one of the people Wait, I worked with. Tell me you weren't one of those guys in the video that when the elevator opens. No, not Remember the video. That? Yes, I do. But we did. <laughs> we did like the promo. So we were outside, like in MacArthur Park, okay. with like the firefighters and all that. And she shows up. She's in it for like. Maybe five seconds, and all what of it. What was that? that? You get so hot. What is it? What was that song? <laughs> I know, you know what I'm it, thinking I'm about. To... And the famous guy in that was either Tyson Beckford or Tay. Da- some. I think was... it was Tyson, because in ours it was Omari Hardwick. Me and oh, me and him were working him together, yeah. and it was because my brother's name was Omari. So I thought it was just so strange that I heard my brother's name. Okay. So working. Well, y'all with... know remember that video? Oh yeah. When you're old enough out there, you know that video. <laughs> yeah. she, it's her and Vivica and another. I feel like. Another famous female. Yeah. They're sitting at the table and they're rating the guys yeah. as the, the elevator opens. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So did that, did the Britney Spears thing. So I got ta- so I got my SAG card yeah. and then, you know, then I started seeing friends of mine on soaps. So then I was like, oh, how do I get a theatrical agent? And then I ended up working with um, KSA. Oh, yeah. Now so, KMR. Yes. And it was like Mara Santino was there and Ryan. Mara Santino. Mara yes. was the queen. Queen of soaps, yeah, back in the day, and that's when I started around that time. Yeah, when she was at the height of that. Yeah, because yeah. it was like me, Texas, and Kellen, and that's Shout how I know. I love Mara. Yeah, Mara's cool. I, I left. We left on good terms. Yeah. Um, and then that's how I met Kellen Lutz, who oh, yeah. was in all the Twilights and all that, and yeah. that's how I met Texas Battle. So a lot of these oh, guys, yeah. yeah. Ryan Daly had, yes. and I still think still has them. Yes, both of them. Yeah, yeah. And I just saw Ryan maybe three weeks ago, four weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, because he's having a birthday. Yeah. So keep it moving. Uh, I I worked on I think I worked on Days of Our Lives. I did I booked like a under five spot, and then it yeah. just kind of progressed from there. Under five lines. Yeah. Under five lines. Yes. Um, and so then it just kind of progressed, and then as I you know. I booked CSI Miami, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" I just got a thirty-three cent check for that, like just thirty-three cent. Yes, because oh, just now yes. as a residual. I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, "Wait yeah. a like, second, yeah, like, huh. you got and, screwed, right?" <laughs> <laughs> and that was real. Your real wasn't doing their job. Thirty-second job. A, a story about that particular casting. That was the first time I ever had one of those casting directors where I knew who she was. She's a bitch. 
She, she was awful. So okay, so now she you was s- awful. She also that you know that's where my where my office is in Manhattan Beach Studios. Yeah, that's yeah. Without yeah, Rosecrans. filmed and everything, but she yeah. cast up in like Encino or something. Yeah, she like did. That. Awful woman. I get called. I can hear her on the other Ugh. side of the wall. She's like, "Who the fuck went through my stuff?" Yep. And so in my head, the needless Oak- to say, she doesn't work anymore. Well, the Oakland side of me said, "Well, she's not talking to me, so I don't know who she's mad at." So I'm reading my sign because I just got the I got the casting that afternoon at two o'clock, and it was now four o'clock. Yeah, and so that can you make it same day? So she's yelling, screaming, and she opens the door and she just goes, "Who's next?" And I just look. I was like, "I am." And I didn't like look at her. I was like, well, she's not talking to me, so I don't, you know, I don't. But I walk in, had a great read, and she was like, at the end of she was like, I just have to say, I am so glad that you just did not hear all that was going on. And she just went on this long uh, thing about all that. She didn't think, I mean, obviously everybody like, heard it. Bitch, the people <laughs> down the fucking block heard you. <laughs> Believe me, I've, heard, she's, I've been on the receiving end of it as well. And I said, really? look, Heffa. <laughs> Who the fuck are you talking to? You know, and she, she was booking one of my girls at the time for like a six episode recurring. Right, like in the last few seasons, uh-huh. and screaming. And I said, we don't have to talk to people to each other like that. Right, come on. But if you are, bitch, I'll Vaseline <laughs> up, motherfucker. I'm from Jersey. You don't talk to me like that. Uh uh-uh. uh. But she was. Oh, she was notorious for that. Yeah. I'm not saying her name. Yeah, no, I know it. Good. I'm not saying. All it. good. So yeah, so I, you know, basically, you know, book, book, book. You know, on and off. And then I was doing a little bit more commercials, some bigger modeling jobs. I did mm-hmm. Sky Vodka. Uh, I did Budweiser with Jill. What's her name? Jill Greenberg was a photographer who okay. was like kind of, there was like a little bit of a controversy about her having the Crying Kids campaign that she did. Oh, yeah. Beautiful work. And I yeah. was like, dude, their kids cry. Like, kids cry at the drop of a dime. She right. just photographed them. But, um, and then as I booked that, then in 2006 is when I did Noah's Ark. And then it was like, yeah. Famous a little bit, yeah. You know, within certain. Um... Well, especially in that community. I'm oh yeah, talking about the LGBT community. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Noah's Ark was pretty absolutely. big in our community. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't realize that until I went to uh, Washington D.C. to visit my husband, and it was D.C. Pride that weekend. So I get off the airplane, and people are like, oh, my God, there's Noah. There's Noah. And I'm like, who's Noah? Like, what? <laughs> why is he here? And I was like, oh, like, duh, I'm in, like, D.C. And then yeah. I ended up going to Chicago, getting, going to um, Atlanta, kind of around the same time periods. Yeah. And the next, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really going. So then it was, like, two seasons of Noah's Ark and then a few other smaller bookings. <coughs> I think that's about the time that we met. Okay. And then I did Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And then it was like Shonda Rhimes is as a little difference now. Well, when, and Grey's, and you have to forgive me because now everybody out there listening, I haven't managed for now two years, mm-hmm. I think it is. And and that was even at the beginning of when we started working together. So mm-hmm. we're talking maybe six years ago. Yeah. Seven years ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so um, what, didn't you play trans? Yes. Okay. The only trans okay. character on the show. Yes. Yes. And it, and was it a brother? And the brother, of Dr. Ben Warren, who's married Jesse to... No, no. So Jesse plays a doctor. So I'm uh, Jason George's brother. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I see... It's funny because I've seen him probably over the last couple of years at least three or four times a year. Got it. Either like out and about or, you know, at an event or something like that. Yeah. So really cool guy. Shout out to Jason. What's up, man? Uh. <laughs> but so I did that. And then um, a couple of smaller things here and there, a couple of films. And then uh, Greenleaf. Yeah. Season one. Greenleaf on own right now. Only on own. Isn't, is this the last season? 
I don't know that. Okay. I don't know that. Okay. I um because I just um we just did a screening with Keith David and Craig was there. Craig Wright, the creator, and all the writing staff was there, and they were very like, oh my god. This I thought is great. I saw you in all, in a big photo though that seemed like it was like the end of the. Well, that's the opening episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's... it was just like everybody got together and said, let's just take this huge photo. Yeah. I thought it was like an ending of something. Right. Yeah. That's the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You did see that. That's the uh, cast and crew photo. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. They okay. just want to like show everybody. And... Greenleaf on own. On own. Where, when is it? Uh, it's Tuesday night. Oh, it was Tuesday night at uh, ten nine Central on own. So I think it's got to be continuing on Tuesday. Is nights. the have and have not still on too? I am not a hundred percent sure. That's still like in the same because I know that that those were like original series for them. Yeah, that and Queen Sugar. That came after though. Yes. Didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's Ava DuVernay, yes. and I know that Oprah like kind of got that, um, built that relationship yeah. after she had started her network. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. How yeah. many seasons has it been? For... Uh, for me on the show. Well, and how many seasons? Four. Have the show... Season... So, and then how many have you done? I've done two. I'm in the first season, and I'm in the current season. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All and right. it was. I will say too. The other th- really cool thing was that that in that that cast and crew picture, it's a very diverse cast. Yeah, and a very diverse crew, which I haven't seen and didn't realize it because I'm so used to it that I was like, oh, I look around like everybody from catering to construction. It's like you know this person and that person and this race and that. Race. And when you say diverse, you mean women, color. You, I mean. I mean Everything. Kind of all around the gamut. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. That's great. Which a lot of times, I mean, because like, you know, for lack of better words, like a lot of times you'll see the drivers are white. You'll see the catering crew is Latino, maybe. And I you'll would, see, you know. Well, and I would say, and I produce movies and cast movies, and I, and I, it, it's like, if it's a union job, those old union people mm-hmm. like they're yeah they're all yeah, white guys right because they've been in the in in the job for 40 years yep. or whatever it is and those are the ones that get the first job they right. kind of rise, rise to the top of the union yep. so that's that's great to hear yeah about. so if you look at that cast and photo picture like you'll see like literally everybody and everybody i mean obviously you know with the size of a, a crew you know there's people that kind of like bump heads or whatever or, or have um different conversations right however when everyone's working together, everyone's working together. Could you say that that's a testament to Oprah Winfrey making sure that that's how it is? Or is it just... I don't know, because maybe, maybe... in Atlanta? I and... think it's these crews are in place, and maybe it's a, maybe it's both. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like her saying, okay, hey, we want to make sure we have a lot of women directors. I'm going to go have... out on a limb and say it is... She has a hand in it. Yeah. Because I've heard and read articles and, and, and about her of saying... She wants the inclusion of women. She wants the inclusion of, of, of black, African-American, whatever it is. Like she, That's a big thing for her. Yeah. Um, and she champions those kinds of directors and filmmakers. So I want to say that she definitely has a hand in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't yeah, quote yeah. me, but... Yeah. So. yeah. so, and now you're wrapped. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Wrapped now on what's that. Now uh, Taking care of your three-year-old? Woo! Taking care of Zach. Yeah. Uh, between, you know, between that, um, completing some music that I had, had to kind of put on hold because I was going back and forth to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and also, as I was uh, telling you earlier, I've got my first live mix on SoundCloud because I haven't DJed in, in a while. Yeah. Um, but it's banging. So another fun fact that I did not know about you: you started as a DJ in seventh grade. Yes, I started as, as in <laughs> seventh grade. I will think date at myself. That age. What is it like? And I think this is good overall, just mm-hmm. in music. In, in, the musicality of it, like, how do you know that you have that at oh seven, in seventh goodness. grade? What are you in seventh grade? Twelve? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, how do you know that you 
I want to be a DJ of all right. things. I mean, you, I I get that you can be like playing some instruments or something mm-hmm. like that, but DJ is very specific. Yeah. yeah. So where did that come from? That came from break dancing had just started. And I'm not bad. It's like, you know, the wheel had just been invented. Color TV no. was out. <laughs> so breakdancing. first car. Right. So it's like breakdancing was out. And I was like, I can't do that that well. I love it. I just can't do it that well. Can you, you know? not dance? I can dance. Oh, okay. But I'm talking about like, you know, like, you know. Yeah, like do it. And yeah. like spin. I can spin on my back. I can spin on my knee. I can't head spin. I can't hand. All that. Okay. Um, and my brother was really good at it. Plus he could draw graffiti. Right, so he was doing all these little pieces, and I was like, "Damn, this looks like the stuff we see on Beach Street." So then, a friend of ours, What's Beach Street, Beach Street, the movie. Remember Breaking? Oh, and yes, then Beach yes, Street. Yes. Right, because because oh. New York was Beach Street, L.A. was Breaking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my God, yeah. all that's happening. Throwback. Yes. Is it Thursday? Oh, no, it's Friday. It's Friday. Flashback Friday. All right. Brought to you by. That is a flashback, though. Yeah. Shit, I so I'm so. My brother is um, ninth grade. My brother's a freshman. I'm in seventh grade. And his friend had a, a turntable set up. So I had to go with my brother to get it. We had to go get our hair cut uh, at this place called Cuts and Bins in East Oakland. And his buddy <laughs> lived now by now we there. know you're from Oakland. Right. So, so his there. buddy had this set up. So, you know, my brother and his friend and me are all going to get our hair cut. You mean set up something like the turntables? He had two turntables, yeah, okay. speakers, old school Morantz yeah. app, and a cassette deck. Okay. And I'm just the seventh cassette grade. Cassette deck. Cassette deck. Not an eight track. Wow. All right. <laughs> so I'm the seventh grade. I'm just sitting there, you know, just chilling. And they're DJing, and I'm watching. I'm just like, oh, I can do that. Like, I don't care. Like, I know I can do that. I don't know. All this, what I know, because I'm just watching. I'm twelve years old to say I could do that. I can, I'm I watching. Have no it. confidence like that to be like watching. Look at that whole thing and say I could do that. Yeah, and I and so so fast forward for my birthday seventh grade. All I did was ask for money. I was like, you know, what do you want for me? You want Transformers? You want clothes? I was like, I just want money because I'm saving up to get a mixer and a turntable. That's all I want. Got that. By the time I got to ninth grade, and I have video of it because my mom sent it to me. I'm wearing my high school sweater and my bugle you boy pants. You have to post that. Someday. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'll post it. I'll yeah, post yeah. it today. I'll okay. post it today. I'm scratching. I'm just. I'm going at it. Right. I'm scratching to Sir Mix a lot. And Baby Got Back hadn't been out yet. Oh, right. My God. So by the time I got to my senior year, I had been doing like house parties for friends. So nothing huge, but still like you know, I'd bring my turntables. My parents would drive me. You know, bring my crates of records. This is so before like laptops and all that, because now it's like you can bring a zip drive and you show up. So I'm doing it that way. Yeah. Um, graduated from high school, started going to my junior college, and then uh, met friends that worked in San Francisco and ended up like walking crates of records in for DJs because I wasn't 21 yet. I was 17 when I graduated, so I was still I wasn't even 18 when I had my first. Um, opening spot at this club in San Francisco. So I'm just doing some house music, I mean, some some hip-hop. And my brother kind of got me in the house. Like, he was playing... Um, yeah, I do know that about you, because yeah. you're into the festival stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, big you. time. Yeah. Big time. So, yeah, from that, from then on, I was just like, this is, this is fun. Like, I didn't even think of it as a job. I mean, it was like a lot of lugging around stuff. So when I left Oakland to go to San Diego State, I had already been working in clubs, so I just kind of circulated my name around and started doing frat parties. And then uh, worked at a few clubs in San Diego before the modeling stuff kicked off, and yeah. then moved to LA in 2000. When did the like the playing other instruments and the singing and all that kind of come? Okay, so seventh grade was DJing. Ninth grade, when I started high school, I remember like, oh, I, I want to 
I, I love the drums. I want to play drums. So I was just like, in beginning band, and like our teacher, Mr. Rossi, was like, okay, you guys can play any instrument in here. And there was like brass, there was woodwinds. And in the back, there was a drum set. And I was like, I want to play that. And he was like, well, I don't teach that. I'm like, well, I want to play that. What was it in the room for that? Right, exactly. So I mean, he's, like, he's like, well, he gave me some sheet music. And he's like, okay, if you can figure this out, then you can play drums. And it was literally four quarter notes. I was like, tap, 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 rest. And I'm like, okay, so I got it. You know, so... Anyway, all that to say, learned sheet music and all that and how to read. So I started playing drums then. Um, when I got to San Diego in 94, after I finished school, I went to work at Guitar Center. So I was watching all these musicians. Same thing. I was like, I can do that. Like, I love that. Like, I was looking at the bass. I was like, I can yeah. do that. Um, so I started teaching myself. And then I, I want to say keyboard came in 90. No, keyboard came in 2003. Uh Bass and guitar was 97, 98. Wow. And then learn, just teaching myself and doing and stuff like that. So teaching yourself, would you? what would you say is the biggest... Like if somebody's out there and like, oh, I want to learn to do this, mm-hmm. what would you say the biggest or, the, or the, the best way to do it is? Like just diligence and doing it a few hours a day or watching... Because now they can watch stuff on YouTube. I was like, going to say, yeah. So what would you suggest? I would suggest uh, two things that you Not already addressed. Not that I'm going to start doing it, but somebody else, some you little never young know. talent out there might. You yeah. never know. Um, one thing is, not even hours a day. I would start with 15 minutes a day. Okay. Um, because when we were living in Santa Monica, I didn't have a guitar amp, but I had a guitar, and I didn't want an acoustic guitar. I wanted an electric guitar because I want to be Prince at this point. <laughs> I I was just gonna say, I'm oh, like, absolutely, you're Lenny or Prince. So I'm literally playing just a scale like da na 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 for 15 minutes, and I, I didn't know that's how much time I should do it. I was just doing it every single day, and yeah. at the end of about two weeks or so, now the muscle memory is there, but also you can hear, you know what you're supposed to hear. So if you get a wrong note or that kind of stuff. Even if you're singing a scale, you know what you're supposed to hear. So after doing it for so many times, similar to reading, rehearsing lines and all that kind of stuff, you you get a sense of what you're supposed to do. And then if it's something you love doing, then you'll just keep doing it more and more. And then you'll see the progress and then that's motivating and it kind of goes from there. And then Got also it. YouTube. Like you can now... Legit, you can look at anything on YouTube and kind of DIY it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, look, I don't necessarily, now I own acting studios and things like that. And, and, you know, I delineated from management, as you Mm -hmm. know. But, so obviously, I appreciate the art of going to a class and the art of training and Mm -hmm. things. But you really can, I mean, I don't think you can DIY acting on, on YouTube, but... Yes, learning keys and things like that, yeah. some technical things, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think, and if and if I think that's a great way to start. I think if you're at home and thinking, oh, I can, maybe I can do this instrument, or maybe I can sing, or or maybe I can do something in in the music world. Go on YouTube and and see if you can actually do it. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of times, at least for me, the way I've I've learned that I learn the fastest is something that I already know. So if I I looked up um, New Edition, Can You Stand the Rain? Okay. And I'm like, I'm dating myself. I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, that's a couple of chords. I can play that. Yeah. And then I just was like, okay, well, what about Fly to the Bumblebee? And sure enough, you can learn Fly to the Bumblebee. I learned that on piano. Did you? And then, so I, I played piano when I was younger, and then mm-hmm. I... I hadn't played it in so many years. And when I worked at Universal, there was a, I found, I had like this little bug up my ass. And I was like, I want to see if I can pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a piano in the house or anything. So I couldn't sit and just like try it myself or a keyboard. Um, and so I went to this thing. And the very first song, it was a Beatles song. And mm-hmm. I was 
say believer or no or not um um hey Jude I don't remember it was something something bright or is it, it something was dark slow. it was like a ballad okay and then come to find out somebody was like oh my god that's the song I that's the song that I learned in first in piano ah, and that's okay. and I heard that over and over again mm-hmm. I cannot remember what it was yeah because a lot um, of famous songs are just the same three chords well and it was slower yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that's what I remember them doing and I actually did pick it up fairly quickly and that was the only lesson I had I didn't yeah. <laughs> I just didn't, I was like, this isn't practical for me. It's not like I want to go and be a concert pianist. You know what right. I mean? Like, I just felt like, oh, is this something like riding a bike? Can you pick it back up? Yeah. And you actually can. Yeah, yes, yeah. you definitely can. And I would say, too, like to address the earlier question as far as like people that are starting off, can you kind of DIY? There's a lot of it that you can, but there's nothing like the experience of actually working with somebody. With somebody. Yeah. Because you're now getting their energy regardless of if they agree with you or they disagree with you, you're getting someone else's input Would you ever teach it. somebody? Yeah. yeah. I could I could see doing that. Just, I would say, based on the fact that I've done it for so long. Yeah. You know, because some, some people are just like, nah, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, you're an amazing actor. Like, no, I just couldn't, I can't teach what I do. Some people are just not cut out to teach. They That's just true. don't, they don't, one, they don't have the patience for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was coaching last night and then, yeah, look, there's some kids that I was just struggling to get the performance that I needed to get out of them. Mm-hmm. And and you have to be very patient, especially yes. with kids. Yes, you know. I yes, because you, know you now can... you're a dad. Woo! But yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if you, you, it's a special kind of um, sort of looking for not rhythm or something. It's just the way that you go have to approach it. If you're mm-hmm. not getting it, you can't get frustrated. And, right, you know, I mean, right. And I used to, I used to, uh, I was a lifeguard uh, through high school and part of college, and I used to teach swim lessons. And okay. that's like you can't, you cannot lose it just because they they'll don't... drown. Exactly, lives are at stake. <laughs> Lives are at stake. Seriously. And confidence is at stake, too, because yeah. you see, you know. Um, all right, so then what do we got going on now? So now Greenleafs is, o- is over. We're looking for our next job. Yes. We're, we're out there yes. auditioning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just auditioned yesterday for a project. Which is and, a grind. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's Let's... it's one of those things I always equate it to, like, being like a plumber that just finished this fantastic mansion. And I'm just like, wow, that's a beautiful house. I got to get the next job. Let's roll. Yeah. And someone's like, oh, well, you know, can I see your... I'm like, that house right there. But look, let's just keep... Yeah. Let's, let's go. So it's nice that I can just say, oh, well, tune in, you know, go to Netflix. You can check it out right now. Or yeah. go to the OWN app and watch the latest episode. Right. Oh, it's on Netflix too? The first three seasons are, yeah. Okay, so they air on OWN and then they put them on Netflix. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Exactly. So, um, and talk, talk a little bit about auditioning. It's not... No matter what what level you may get to. Like, let's mm-hmm. say at the level of where you were at after Noah, you know, mm-hmm. people knew who you were, you were recognizable mm-hmm. um, in certain circles, maybe a star name, kind of whatever you would consider it. Mm-hmm. But you still have to work for it. Yeah. Still, I mean, talk a little bit about that, how it's, mm-hmm. it's, I would say, a little bit humbling, but also... I feel like when I first started out, I had a very I had an amazing actress, and she's still doing really, really well. But this was at the time at the practice. You remember the practice? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, Laura Flynn Boyle was on that. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, I think she's only on the first one or two seasons. But she she was on that, and and I remember this actress that I represented going into a room, and Laura Flynn coming out right before her, mm-hmm. and she had to go in, mm-hmm. and her saying to me after the audition, I got so freaked out because Laura Flynn was in there, and I said her and I'm not going to say her name but I said you deserve to be there just as much as she does Mm -hmm. she's clearly auditioning she's Mm -hmm. on a major show right now but she's still auditioning for whatever this project is Mm -hmm. and you you deserve to be there just as much as she does so the audition process doesn't really go away I mean maybe if when you're Angelina Jolie or whatever but it's right but it doesn't really completely it's, it's always there yeah 
I'm, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, it's the um, it's interesting that you asked that because I've now even like at the point where I'd done Noah's Ark, when I went in for Grey's Anatomy, I saw Daryl, I saw Jensen, Darryl I saw Stevens, Clarence, all the people yeah, on the show. Pretty much everybody from Noah's Ark was auditioning for this same okay. role, plus some people I had known on other shows. And I was like, yeah. Okay, that's kind of the body type, the archetype that they're looking for. But what I also, to your point, said to myself, Well, they they call me. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, and you, you I, I would say a productive amount of confidence is when you're in your head and say, I'm here because they know that I'm right for the role. Right. And I'm going to make it blatantly clear that I'm the right person for this role when I walk in there. Yeah. Regardless of who comes in, who comes out. Um, I had somebody answer a phone during an audition once and talk on the phone. You mean uh, the, the casting director, the person that was auditioning room. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, keep going. But um, the auditioning process, it does, it's starting to evolve, I would say, for me now because I do look at it with the awareness that I have a resume that is substantial mm -hmm. and that I've worked on some projects that are also substantial, but I still attack it as if I haven't booked anything in a year and this is what's going to keep the lights on and the yeah. baby fed and the car, you know, driving. So I feel but not like... At a, not at a desperation level. Not at a desperation. This, this has to keep the lights on. Right. This has to be. Because I've seen that in, on the casting side. Yes, you know, when from I the casting people side. In, you can smell that when it walks into yeah. the room. You can literally say, oh, this person is that's, that's 80 cents in their, in their bank account right now. They need this job. Right. And that works against you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, the other, it's the other side of that coin as being so like raw with your creativity that mm -hmm. even if you're not right and I'm thinking of the girl from NCIS with the little with the ponytails like even if you're not right oh my they're gosh. just like I oh my her god one time too. I yeah. loved her yeah. yeah she's she's dope and I remember seeing an interview Are you talking about Polly Perrette? I think is that the dark hair girl yes. she plays like the scientist Polly yeah. yes she was like yeah I just came in and I was like look you're either going to love me or not but yeah. you're going to know that I was there and I'm the only one like me so right. so when I, I remember going in for um for Grays and kind of just being like, damn, like Daryl's here. He's got all these other credits and this guy and this guy and this guy. And I was like, you know what? Fuck all that. Yeah. I was like, I'm here. Yeah. And I had just come off a of vacation. So I only had, to, I only got to read it the night before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, look, if when I go in there, it, I'm going to shake the walls and I'm walking out and, you know, they can decide what they decide. Yeah. But it turns out that Linda Lowy uh, is the a fan. Director. Yes, mm -hmm. and her assistant really liked. She's fantastic. Yeah, she was great. And yeah. her assistant—I forget his name at the point at this point—but uh, knew of me from Noah's Ark, and so he was really talking me up to the directors. Will something? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember his last name, but Will something. So it was like yeah. it was working, nice and then I went in for the callback, and I just remember the same thing. Like I saw a couple other people, and I was like, you know what? That's not what I need to focus on. Right. Focus on you know, and and I'm a I'm a very meticulous reader. Yeah, I have to say this. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I use all the time. I use it in my seminars. I use it when I'm you know, uh, I I just got another. I recently uh, a text from a mom and saying, oh, I see you know you posting about all these other kids that are getting all this stuff. And I say I say it to everybody, eyes on your own paper. Yeah. You cannot worry about what other people are doing, especially other people that in the room with you, because those that is your competition. That's your direct competition. Yeah. But 
you're you're you cannot really have to keep your eyes on your own paper and focus on what you need to do. You go in there, you do your job, and then that's it, and you shake it off. Because if you do worry about all those other things, like you were talking about, oh, this person's here, Daryl's here, whatever it is, it will throw you. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much you've prepared, even if you just got them the night before, you got them 10 nights before, it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. If you're worried about what's going on over there or what they're doing, you're not doing what you need to be doing. So eyes on your own paper. I say that all the time. Absolutely. And and it it makes – and it's focus. It's really just because so many things when you're on set – can and do happen that are completely out of your control. Somebody will be walking and trip or yeah. the camera wasn't, you know, the battery dies on the camera and you got all these different things going and it's just, this is your big scene. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, you still got to like, you know, you got to be focused. Turn it on and turn it off. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What would you Oof. say, so like if, if, we, if we can give a big uh, piece of advice to somebody that's just starting out, what would you say? Like, let's say me. I'm mm-hmm. not, hell no, do I want to be an actor. But <laughs> hell you know how many times no. I ask all the, I get asked all the time because, and, and it's funny because in a, f- a few of the movies that I've cast, there's been a casting director role. Uh-huh. And they're like, why don't you just do it? I'm like, why don't you fucking get an imagination <laughs> and hire somebody to do it? I don't want, just because I am one doesn't mean I want to play one. Right. So, right. but what the, I'll tell you, um, and um, adding to that is that, you know, because I'm reading with all the actors. Mm-hmm. So a couple directors have said to me, gosh, you're really good at it. Just, you know, why don't you do it? I'm like, because it's not just about reading opposite somebody. There's right. so many other things that go into it. And I don't really fucking want to be on set for right. 12 hours doing <laughs> for three lines and sitting in my freaking trailer, trailer for the rest of the time. I, yeah. I really hate being on set. Right. I'm not trying to deter anybody <laughs> from doing it, but I just hate it. There's so much downtime and I can't. There's not, a lot of downtime. It's not that type of person I am. Anyway... So what would you say, like, if I was sitting here and I said, oh, you know what, I really want to get into it, no matter what age, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be kids, it can Absolutely. be, I mean, remember Kathy Justin from, the older white lady from, um, from uh, uh, Desperate Housewives and yes. West Wing? Mm-hmm. She started in her 50s. Morgan Freeman, yeah. I think, started in his 50s, like, I mean, or a little later in life. It doesn't matter what age. What, if, they, if I said to you, Ben, what's the best thing I can do to start right now? To start right now would be to... Focus, like, like laser focus on the thing that you want to do that you really love. That you say, okay, hey, I want to be, I want to be the next Avengers type movie, or okay. I want to be, a, I want to be the the guy that's the go to guy for all the dramas. I want to be this guy, um, and then shut everybody else out because if you don't doubt yourself and you completely say, I am going, I'm gonna play Jesus Christ. I'm going to play this person. I'm going to play that character. Then you'll do it. And I've, I saw it with Kellen, and I always use him as this example. I saw him go from renting a room in our house. Kellen was, Lutz, uh-huh, yeah. In December to buying our house that same <laughs> year because he had booked Accepted, he booked Stick It, and he booked The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow, amongst a bunch of little or smaller projects. He's hysterical in that Stick It movie, the gymnastics movie. Yes, yes, yes. And it was like, no one could ever tell me that a 19 to 22-year-old that's not really done anything before that could book boom, 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 and all of a sudden be... This is before Twilight, so but he was successful enough to actually buy his own home. So I've seen people do that, and I'm like, if you really decide and go, okay, well, everybody I'm around, we're all a bunch of servers and bartenders, and this person's doing massage, and that person's doing lawn maintenance, and this person's a pool guy, uh, and I'm not crapping on anybody's stuff. Yeah. It's like you got to keep things job moving. Is a job. Um, but if the mindset and the goal is to keep doing that, then 
understand that is what it is and just acknowledge it. But if you're like, hey, that's me, that's my premiere, I'm going to be the next Spider-Man, then decide that and then let everybody else you know, if they're in it, they're they're good. But you start weeding out friends. You start weeding out your social interactions. You start really uh, sacrificing your time and really making preparing important. You make your body condition important. You don't. You're mm-hmm. not partying and everything like that every single night. Saying mm-hmm. just piggybacking on that, mm-hmm. I saw an interview where Kerry Washington said mm-hmm. that she got advice from Ellen Pompeo, who's yeah. you know from Grey's Anatomy, yeah. and when she so when she was about to start Scandal. Ellen said to her, treat your body like an athlete. Seriously, like you just said, you know, take care of that part as well. Treat your body like an athlete. You have to sleep, but you also have to train it. You have to be strong enough to be on set for 14, 15 hours because if you're the major lead in this this television series, Mm -hmm. it's not a fucking hat trick. You gotta show up and do a lot of work. It is demanding. Yeah, so that's interesting too. It's not just about going to acting classes and and getting the right headshots. It's the whole package. Yeah, it is definitely that. And that's when I've noticed too like i noticed when i started doing yoga i started noticing who i was seeing doing yoga mm. and i was like oh Getting wow that, that person right. yeah because mm-hmm. that's the the one thing that sometimes is either frowned upon in a very hyper masculine set of people uh as opposed to a hyper feminine set of people that are going oh it's very creative it's very this it's very that and i'm like yeah like you you're you have to be you have to be emotionally available mm-hmm. if that's what you want to be like if you're playing any type of role, there's going to be some sort of, if you're good at it, there's going to be some sort of arc in the character. Yeah. And if you're not emotionally ready or, you know, equipped to show those or go there, um, then you're going to be kind of limited. But if you do, like, you know, you take breathing class. I was just looking at, um, I'm a friends, I'm friends with LaMonica Garrett, who's, um, oh, yeah. he My was other, on. Another client of mine, Carl Donaldson. Yeah. Do you know Carl? Mm-hmm. He was really he's really good friends with him too. Yeah, I used to play basketball with uh, La Monica, and he's uh, mm-hmm. some superhero on a DC show. But also, he was on Designated Survivor. Yeah, and you know, you take, you know, big hyper masculine dude. He's always fit and this and that, and he's like showing that he's doing yoga, he's doing breath class, and all these other things. And it's just what keeps those uh, gears greased, yeah. so that you can get out there and do some comedy. You can do some. Um, drama then you can do some action you can do all these, all these things um and you find out like about yourself like okay hey this is this is way better than sitting there you know talking shit about how i, I should be the guy that's on screen and you're not right you know well that to that point is fill yourself up on life as well mm-hmm. daniel day lewis said it where <sighs> he dude. said i know i quote actors all the time I, I i watch a lot of interviews with them and actually it was um it was um I'm blanking on her name. She repeated it. And and, um, and so um, he said, you know, there's something to not doing it all of the time. Mm-hmm. There's something to doing it and then going and filling up on life because then that gives you the fuel for future performances. Oh, it does. Because where do you pull from if yeah. you n- have not experienced life, if you've not experienced tragedy, if you've mm-hmm. not experienced heartache, but if, you, if you've not experienced love and happiness, and I mean, there's yeah. all those kinds of things. Absolutely. Where are you pulling from? You yeah. Know? Or, and then that's very surface and fake. So yeah. Because that's you a great, that's great to say, to like, go make sure you're taking care of yourself. Absolutely. You can, because you can always manufacture something, but there's nothing like, you know, actually having gone through an experience to say, okay, wow, this is, this is like, like when I did Grey's, I had been, I was hospitalized for about three days 
uh, in the ER at uh, Cedars for what I thought was a heart condition, but it just turned out to be uh, something very minor. And I remember when I was laying in the bed and they were, were in between takes and Jason's uh, doing his lines and Ellen's running her lines, Ellen Pompeo. Yeah. And I just kind of looked up at the ceiling because, you know, Grey's Anatomy is a beautiful set. So yeah. I'm looking up at that, that same ceiling that they have in every hospital. And I just remembered how I felt in the in the actual ER at Cedars. And then the next two takes were like brilliant because yeah. there was just something else there that was intangible, but it was very, very, very noticeable. Yeah. All right. I'm not saying go out and get hospitalized. No, but... <laughs> no, no, no. But there's always experience that you yeah. can pull from, which is awesome. Yeah. So, any last words yeah. of kind of, you know, parting? What do we Wow. Do? You know what? I always tell people, and my cousin reminded me of this because I wrote him a letter, like, you can do anything. Like, you can literally do anything. In a, in a time that you, we've seen Twitter start, we've seen Instagram, we've seen Facebook, we were here before it. None of that was around when I None. first started. And I'll tell you something right now. It was only like... <laughs> Five networks. I think yeah. FX was the biggest thing that, that was, was the big premiering when I first started over like around twenty years ago. Yeah. So and that was a big deal. Yeah. Now there's like hundreds. It's insane. Yeah. There's do, Hulu. No, so there's Apple. Do you find actually? So that's not the last thing. I'm that's gonna ask you another question. Let's keep going. Do you do you find that there's more opportunity because of all of the platforms? Now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'm I'm a. I'm a I'm an optimist in in a lot of senses, and this is one of them where I'm like, yeah, it's it's an amazing time to be an actor, yeah. because there's it's not just HBO, Showtime, and then ABC, NBC, and the CBS. three major networks, yeah, right. Yeah. It's like there's Hulu, there's Apple, yep. there's Amazon, there's Netflix, and they're all doing some real fucking edgy shit, yeah, too, which is awesome. And everyone's trying to outdo each yep. other, which is great for the actor because all you just have to do is be prepared. And great for the writer too. Yeah. I have some friends that are writers, and I have a friend that was just, they, two of them just come off a, a crazy ex-girlfriend. And, and oh, nice. They, My buddy's on the show. Yeah, and they um, they said now they're onto a Netflix show, and they're, you know, I mean, it's fun. It's like a playground. They're like, the, yeah. ne- doing Netflix as opposed to CW is like, they get, to, there's so much liberty. Yeah, you can do a lot. And there's yeah. a lot of really good, I mean, I, I find I'm drawn to law dramas or really dark shows like uh, like Luther or like Bodyguard. Yep. Like a lot of these BBC so shows. So everybody's been talking about Bodyguard. Bodyguard's dope. With, it's Richard oh, Madden, too, yes. from, he was what, Ned, yes. no, he was something Stark from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Rob Stark. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and he was just it. in Rocket Man. I just watched Rocket Man. Oh yeah. I, I watched it on the flight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, then I watched I watched Papillion on the flight, which also has uh the dude who plays um Freddie Mercury Frankie Mercury. But then also I saw um what's his name? From Sun uh Game of not Game of Thrones, Sons of Anarchy, the lead. Was it Charlie, Charlie Hunnam. Hunnam. Yes. Yeah. So I got to talk to him and I was just like, Oh my god, I love it. He was you. on your plane? Yeah. Charlie. That's when you fly first class. I, Thank well, you, okay. Oprah. So I know. Thanks, Oprah. <laughs> We could just thank Oprah for everything. Thank so, you, Oprah. Right. She did. I will say this real quick. When Zach was born, I text production a picture. They gave it to her. She sent him a giant bassinet full of books Aww. with Zachary's Book Club stickers on them. And Aww. they were all, um, not Pulitzer Prize, what's it, uh, Caldecott Award? Okay. Whatever the award is for yeah. little kid books. Um, and he's been reading since birth. So he's a very, very nice. Thank well, you, Oprah. I'll never thank you, Oprah Winfrey. We could just keep saying that. <laughs> Maybe she'll be our freaking sponsor. Um, no, so uh, I'll never forget the, vi- the the photo you sent me of you and her on set. Like, oh yeah, in the audi- or in the on the bleacher side of it or whatever. Yeah. 
And I was like, I mean, that's you have to think to yourself, my God, I've arrived. That's that is a moment. Yes, it is. That's a surreal moment. That's a surreal moment. That is absolutely one of those definitive moments where I go like, okay, I just was talking to Oprah. Yeah. First it's name one basis. thing working on her network, but then literally just being right next to her, her knowing your name, being kind to you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, it's a surreal yeah. moment. So. She gave Mike a hug. She gave my mom oh, a hug. Nice. She's very, very genuine. Oh, excuse me, where the fuck was I? Right? Where, where my I was like, um, one more for Joe. And she right. was like, I'll be right back. And I was yeah. like, okay. She left. She ran. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you so much. Tell me, tell us again where um, Greenleaf is and where we can catch it. Greenleaf is on the OWN network okay. and it's 10, 9 central. And I want to say it's Tuesdays or Wednesday nights, and it might be both because they're going to do like. I a, remember they did that in the beginning. Yeah, they yes. did two nights. Yeah, premieres. because yeah, because I think they did that to kind of like listings, yeah. get you. Yeah, definitely check your local listings, and then also if you haven't caught up on the previous seasons, you can find those on Netflix. Okay, and then what was the thing about your music SoundCloud? Something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should check we, out my SoundCloud. Oh, absolutely, because because I as a as a hip hop and house DJ, like it's daily for me. So okay. it's like if I have an hour, like I can just like sneak into the studio real quick and just. Not I got a mix. Like I just uploaded one last night. So uh, just look me up on SoundCloud under my name, Benjamin Patterson. Benjamin Patterson. And then um, Benjamin Patterson all day on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I just tagged you in something. I said, how come I can't find this one? Because I did Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and sometimes I'm... I do that when I do your email, too. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say what your email is. but I And then I realized, I'm like, oh, I got to start with the numbers. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But there, and there's also some there's some director named Benjamin Patterson. Oh, that, is it? Yeah, okay. in New York. And I'm like, this is crazy because I'm like, oh, it's the same name. Yeah. Um, but Benjamin yeah. Benjamin Patterson all day on Instagram. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you can find it across every platform, either Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, all of them. Nice. Well, thank you again for coming and talking thank with you. us. Thank you. This, is, this all is dope. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And you can follow me at Joe underscore Lorenzo on Twitter and Instagram.